Welcome to Literary Quest, a podcast hosted by us, Vicki and Marissa, where we discuss our favorite and fantasy fiction and hopefully can direct you in your quest to find your next great read. Welcome to Literary Quest. This week, we're discussing Luxuria by Colette Rhodes. This will be an After Dark episode, so we'll be talking about monster sex. We're continuing, obviously, our Monster Smash October here. I will be doing the characters, and Marissa will be doing our plot this week. So for our characters, we have Ophelia. She's our female male character. She's in her early 20s. She comes from a family of hunters, but had been shunned by them for finding shades attractive. Her sister is Astrid, who is an extremely good hunter. And we have our male main character, Ulrich. He is the king of shades, which makes him the most powerful shade in the kingdom. His brother is Damon, who is also pretty powerful, but is a lot less serious. And his personal guard and best friend is Soren, who is very serious as well. Okay. Alrighty, so Athelia has been doing marketing in the human world pretty successfully when she is contacted by the Hunters Council, who previously rejected and shunned her for having empathy for and being attracted to shades and they have an offer for her they'll pay off her student loans if she'll marry Alaric, who is the king of the shades thus completing the terms of a peace treaty between hunters and shades ophelia agrees Alaric isn't thrilled about being married off but he'll do what it takes to protect his people from being killed by hunters even if it means marrying a hunter who is a threat to his people however Alaric slowly realizes that Ophelia is not the dangerous hunter that he perceived her to be, and Ophelia gets to fully embrace her monster fucking fantasies. Just because Ophelia and Alaric embrace their union, though, doesn't mean everyone has. When rebellious shades and opportunistic hunters compromise the treaty, Alaric and Ophelia must work together to mitigate the fallout. So you know, like, the meme where it's like, jokes on you i'm into that shit mm-hmm. that is this book <laughs> that is this book 100 just the whole thing i love it so <laughs> i love this author she's written so many good books and yeah. i just i feel like you don't see her that much um at least not where i am in some of the like recommended groups and i wish she got more recognition because i love her her books mm-hmm. I haven't read a single book by her that I did not like and they are good and they are spicy and the romance is great like her um oh um uh, oh my gosh the Goldilocks mm-hmm. the Goldilocks one fantastic yeah. loved that so much my mm-hmm. first bear shifter book like yes it was so cute it was so cute so she's a fantastic author uh I absolutely love her. Yeah, she's pretty great. I like her too. Mm-hmm. Um, I really appreciated the main character in this book fully embracing her desires to have sex with monsters. Like that is why she decided to go along with it. First of all, they were like, we'll pay for your student loans, which again, I find super relatable. <laughs> but also it was like, ah, this thing that I've wanted to do for my whole life, have sex with monsters. I'll finally get to do it and be a queen. 
yeah, on board with it. I just thought it was so, uh, I don't know, nice or different to see a character who was like, yep, I'm going to embrace this part of myself. Because a lot of times when we're in monster romances, the characters are like, uh, is this weird? Is it weird to be attracted to monsters? And Ophelia is like, I want some monster dick. Mm-hmm. Bring it to me. She says, I've been promised. So when things are not going well between her husband and her initially, she says, I've been promised monster fucking and I wasn't getting any damn monster fucking. I just, <laughs> she's so funny. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I really love, loved her. Um, I loved her character. Mm-hmm. She's great. She knows what she wants. She knows what she wants. She's not ashamed of it. I really appreciate that about her. It also reminded me of Monsters, Inc. You know, like when the monsters realize that laughter gives them more power than fear does or energy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Except this time it's hunters being horny gives the shades more power than them being scared. Yes. Yes. Bitches. Yes. It's great. It's so funny. I wonder if she did, if that was like what she based this like I wonder if she was fired by Monster Monster Zinc she was like what if this was what if this was a romance (laughs) (laughs) maybe so (laughs) um yeah they're it's it's just enjoyable and funny and Mm -hmm. oh my gosh though Ulrich is just dense he is so dense um at first i mean he's nice he's like no i don't want to like scare her she's scared of me and she's just throwing off all these signals like hey fuck me (laughs) yeah i'm horny and he's like she's scared she smells so sweet it must be the fear she's terrified of me like it's nice that he's so considerate he doesn't want to i mean they have to consummate their marriage um for their treaty to be valid and he's like but she's afraid and nobody's gonna tell me who i have to have sex with and i don't want to scare her or make this worse um which is really thoughtful i mean it's nice mm-hmm. but even after they start having sex he's like nah i'm not gonna sleep in the same room with her maybe she doesn't want that or nah she doesn't need like hobbies or a yeah. job or things to do and just yeah. let her wander around the castle aimlessly for hours a day (laughs) like he really is pretty thick he's not i mean he's sweet but wow yeah yeah and it's interesting that he does that too especially because he has his own insecurities about like oh maybe i'm just like an itch she wants to scratch with this fetish you know Mm -hmm. and he's like well it's fine if that is I'm gonna make her love me too like I'll have her heart as well which is really sweet but you got to take like steps that aren't just like fucking her Mm -hmm. to get to that point um she needs to be wooed yes and his brother gets it Damon gets it he's like you should be nicer to her like be kind Mm -hmm. and he's like I just gave her a million orgasms it's fine this is going great yeah um like yeah he's just kind of so this has like two things so i'm not a fan of the miscommunication trope right yeah um but i feel like this is like partially good and partially bad in this because miscommunication at first all goes towards like the build-up right Mm -hmm. it's like oh you know it's building up to their romance when when's it finally gonna click that she thinks um that she's attracted to him like what 
when's that going to click? But then you have on the opposite side when it becomes like there's no communication about more serious things. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes really frustrating. It's like, of course, like talk to each other now. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I The miscommunication trope is probably one of my least favorite tropes because uh, mm-hmm. like you could just talk to each other and that would fix the problems. And I know that they're using it for plot, but that it just annoys me. And so I feel like in the like, part of this miscommunication trope is used really effectively and it doesn't bother me when they are building the tension between the characters, like that's a lot of what's happening with this in the first part of the book. Mm -hmm. Alaric thinks that her Ophelia's delicious smell is her being scared when she's actually just extremely horny. And so when he finally realizes that this delicious smell means she wants to have sex and she's not scared, like we've built up a lot of anticipation to get to that point. Um, And it feels cathartic. Like, yes, we're like brain orgasm, right? We are finally there. You have figured out the issue with the miscommunication. We are doing the things. And I think that that is used really well. And so I really like from a teasing type of perspective, I really liked that. Mm -hmm. However, in the last like 75 pages of the book, when the Hunter Council shows up, and they're like, the treaty is void. And Alaric tells Ophelia to take care of the hunters while he goes to figure out who's violated the treaty. And she thinks that means he wants her to leave. Mm-hmm. And he thinks that just means that she's going to keep them settled and prevent disaster while he figures things out. And so she goes home and is all sad and heartbroken. And Ulrich is like, I mean, I just wanted her to keep him occupied while I was figuring this thing out, but they haven't done any type of, I mean, she doesn't have any job, like diplomatic duties. She doesn't have any job related things that she's done up to this point for her to know, oh, this is what he wants me to do. They literally just communicate with their genitals. So Mm -hmm. that frustrates me. And I was annoyed by that. They're just bad communicators. But what I like is that Ophelia is like, you know, we should probably work on our communication. (laughs) Yes. I really like that Damon, though. He's much more in tune to, like, what's going on in some of these situations. Mm -hmm. Because he's like, maybe you should, like, talk to her before you run off and you know alex just like no it's fine i'm she's gonna do this it's fine and damon's like um okay it's not fine (laughs) yeah (laughs) he's like this isn't gonna go well yeah no no then it doesn't i really like damon's character i think i it seems like the next book is probably going to be about soren and astrid Mm -hmm. which is fine i'm i'm i think that astrid's an interesting character but i love damon I hope we get a book from Damon's perspective because he strikes me as the type of character that's like pretty funny and jokey from a superficial perspective, but has a lot more depth. That's kind of the way that I feel like his character's been set up. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like we see glimpses of this where he's clearly smarter than some of them are giving him credit for. Like he was like, oh, yeah, I was wondering if that smell was her desire for a while. 
And Ulrich is like, why didn't you say anything? He's like, well, I didn't think you needed my help with mm-hmm. this. Um, but the scene where um, he, like, they finally, like, connect and he puts together everything is mm-hmm. funny and just great and hot, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's so cute. He's like, I'm going to go, you know, sneak around in her room uh, just to make sure that she's not drawing pictures of what, how she's going to murder me or something. Yeah. He's been spying on her, but he hasn't seen her drawings. And so he goes and he sneaks around and he's like, "Mm, she's drawing porn. (laughs) (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. That moment when it finally happened, it felt so good. Mm-hmm. This thing that's been in front of you this whole time. And I love it when he's like, but you were scared at our wedding. And she's like, I was horny. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love it. Um, So, okay. So this scene has, there's not a lot of dirty talk in this book, mm-hmm. right? But this scene had some stuff where I was just like, I really liked so he says to her because she tries to deny it he's like they're not they're not of you she's like oh those drawings aren't of you (laughs) and he says like you're a pretty little liar you better hope they're of me if you've been drawing other shades fucking my wife wearing my crown I'm going to have to kill some of my own subjects Queen Ophelia and then I guess just I like her trying to deny it and Mm -hmm. him calling her on it and then this line. So when she he puts together that she was horny at the wedding, right? He says, are you telling me that you have been wet and wanting since our wedding wife? And I just, that like that scene, I just liked mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, um, it was a good scene. Yeah. There, so the sex scenes in this book were pretty spectacular. Mm-hmm. I feel like they were, I don't know. I, so- I pictured Alric as like a gargoyle almost. I don't know if this was how you you envisioned him. It's, he talks about how, I mean, he's got like claws and fangs and horns mm-hmm. and no wings or tail. Like, well, I can't actually remember. I don't think gargoyles have tail. No wings, right? But his skin is like dark and leathery and things like that. So in my mind, I'm going with gargoyle, whatever. Um, With a giant penis. <laughs> huge and so mm. we kind of get in a knot and I don't I don't know what it is about the knots but I I seem to really appreciate them when they show up in books these days um but we kind of get like organs shifting around so that he, he is there's space for the penis in this book again which we saw with a soul to keep and Oprah rain like with opal rain opal rains book a soul to keep like the organs literally shifted around to make space for it um and so in this one like her belly is bulging with how <laughs> gigantic his penis is oh gosh i just so i was surprised that you liked this book so i actually the first time i read this was actually on my way over to arkansas on the plane and I was like, this was so good. I should recommend it. And I was like, oh, I don't know if Marissa will like it because it has like breeding trope in it. There's a lot of cum. There's this like, you know, the whole like bulging from her stomach. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, I don't, I didn't say anything about it. And then you read it by yourself 
yeah it was afterwards. On vacation. Yeah. And you were like, oh, this book was so good. And I was like, oh my God, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, I was less bothered by all of the bodily fluids this time. Mm-hmm. I don't, and I don't know why. I don't know if it's, well, I can tell you because they're not described as like ropes of cum. That's yes. I mean, she talks about like being wet and there being like Mm -hmm. a gush of fluid from her vagina, Mm -hmm. which to me just strikes me as being less disgusting as like, I don't know, gallons of cum shooting out of his penis. I feel like it's the way that it's described. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I don't see like the breeding trope, but it wasn't too. It wasn't bad. too bad. It wasn't I mean, too bad. None of the tropes were really that. No. Bad. Like, um, or the kinks rather. None of the kinks were. I mean, not that any kink is bad, but yeah. No, I didn't think that. Uh, I mean, the breeding trope just or kink didn't strike me as being super obvious. I didn't even think about it until I saw you mention it in the notes. Um, and I think, well, it mentions that she's on birth control as well, mm-hmm. though. Like it, it, mm, that's one of the things that freaks me out when I read books, like, what are we doing for birth control? And so she mentions that she's on birth control, which may have helped, um, probably helped in some of my perception of this as I was reading it. Mm-hmm. I don't, some, like she is able to tolerate his not, which is something that, start setting off all of these like coincidental like this is kind of interesting for her being a human situation Mm -hmm. right and so there's that but the description of her and tolerating the knot I think was um super hot as well because once it's in like it's in until it goes down right and so like every time they move she orgasms which sounds like a good time to me (laughs) (laughs) right he yeah like just kind of like rolls her over and she orgasms she just moves slightly and she orgasms she laughs and she orgasms like it's a lot of orgasms mm-hmm. yep and then they both have this moment where she really wants him to bite her mm-hmm. and he really wants to bite to bite her and she's like that's a weird thing but he's like it's sick and it's wrong and I don't want to like savage her you know mm-hmm. <laughs> um so it was a it was a good scene mm-hmm. I like their scene I love their scenes I thought they were great um I thought that it was funny so they're first sex scene right and she's like i need to take a bath because ew right Mm -hmm. um and he's like um no you don't you need to walk around like this yes well he talks about wanting to rub his cum into her skin at one point and i was like "Mm, that's too much yeah that's taking it too far (laughs) so he he agrees he's like fine you can take a bath um and he takes one with her, but then on their way out, he watches her get dressed and he like very subtly like swipes his hand, I guess, through remaining like 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 stuff on the bed, right? Mm-hmm. And puts his hand on her back <laughs> to mark her in some yeah, way. Scent marks her. Like a dog peeing on a tree <laughs> or something. Gosh. Although I do appreciate that he does recognize how 
like cr- like crazy that kind of is and he's like i have this momentary bout of insanity mm-hmm. um so they later on they end up having sex in his throne room mm. which is a super hot scene uh but the acrobatics that go into this scene i was like wow so <laughs> He sits on his throne. He like picks her up and flips her upside down and starts eating her out. And I was like, could I, could I enjoy that? Cause you know, every time you read about something, you have to mentally imagine it. And I was like, if I were upside down mm-hmm. and being like held, I don't know that I could suck a dick and enjoy being eaten out this at the, cause she's, it's like a 69 thing. Right. 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 Um, I could probably suck a dick, but I wouldn't enjoy, like, I wouldn't be able to enjoy um, the person going down on me. I feel you like know, there's like, just I a, would... a lot of muscular control that go, even when he's supporting her, like, I don't know that I could relax into being held upside down and eaten out at the same time. Yeah. Well, I like that they do point out, or he points out, he's like, I can't keep her like this for too long. <laughs> That's right. All the blood rushing to her head. And uh-huh. he's very considerate when he puts her back upright. She gets mm-hmm. a moment to kind of get her bearings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just feel like that's some Cirque du Soleil shit. And <laughs> <laughs> I want to know if people actually do things like that. Because it's impressive. I'm sure there are people out there who do. I, I don't I, know if they have fun doing it. Yeah. I feel like it's something you probably see in porn it, and yeah. not happen in real life, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was fun to read. <laughs> it was fun to read. Oh, yes. I enjoyed it. It was very fun to read. They, there's another scene that they have where... um. I forget what's happened, but she asks him to chase her. Mm-hmm. Yes, the primal place. I think that's my favorite one. It was so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was definitely my favorite because she runs and he makes this, um, he thinks he's like, oh, she was made to be prey, not the hunter. Mm-hmm. So and she's really bad at running. <laughs> I guess like she's just like barreling through everything you know he can mm-hmm. easily find her and he does find yeah so he finds her and it's just a hot scene he like pins her to a tree mm-hmm. right bends her over and that's also the scene where he finally bites her too yeah it's a good scene it is a good scene I like that the biting thing is like after somebody has been to the library and done the research they're like oh science says that this is a normal thing our history tells us that you should want to bite her mm-hmm. please go for it mm-hmm. um yes that scene was super hot yep and he was feeling super possessive over her and kind of crazy like with marking her and stuff and the biting was like solidifying their bond Mm-hmm. And took some of that away. And they also have like a link now 
right? Yes. They can sense each mm-hmm. other and communicate with each other mm-hmm. without words. Yep. Telepathically. Is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's the right word for that. Telepathically. Mm-hmm. Things don't start out being this friendly, right? They mm-hmm. don't, they don't start out fulfilling the monster fucking fantasies. Their initial conversations are really funny to me. Mm-hmm. He's like, so she gets hurt at one point. She scrapes her hand and Alaric, Alaric is like, great. She's going to die. I'm going to be on the hook for a dead wife. Like everything's going to be. And then when she's producing a foul smell because of fear and she stops interacting with Alaric, they're like, does she need more sunlight? Does she need vegetables? Is she eating enough vegetables? Like what, what's wrong with it? Mm-hmm. Like a pet. Like What do we pet. do with her? Yeah. <laughs> Or it's like, well, I feel this way with the plant that, so I have, I'm not great with plants, but I have a plant in my office. There's been a change in the weather in the state of Arkansas recently. And so like all of the leaves on it turned brown and curled up and died. There's like five good leaves on it now. And so I sent a message to my mom with a picture of my dying plant. And I was like, what do I do with this? And she's like, well, it's either too hot or too cold, or you gave it too much water or not enough water. And I was like, okay so it could be literally anything cool Mm -hmm. that's that's how I feel like they're like what do we do with it do we need to give it more vegetables does it need to go back to earth like I also so when he first sees her right they have that first look kind of thing that you have at weddings Mm -hmm. or he's at first like oh she's gonna come through it's gonna be awful whatever and then she comes down and he's like oh shiny (laughs) because she's bringing he's he says something about how there's never it's not a lot of color mm-hmm. um with the shades it's all shades of gray and black right um so and she comes down he's like oh my wife brought color it's like so you see her and now all of a sudden it's like oh okay shiny mm-hmm. <laughs> which then made me think of moana and the crab oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, i like that and even then, just like their wedding scene where he, the priest, the first priest mm-hmm. is too into Ophelia. So he has him like bite his tongue and calls for a new priest. Yeah. And then later on in the book, there's a callback to that where he says, the priests have all been oddly skittish around me <laughs> since the wedding. Mm-hmm. Really? Oddly? Okay. I think Ophelia is hysterical. Mm -hmm. I love how fully she embraces her kinks um, and things that make her different from each other, from her other hunters. And I can't imagine how horrible it must have felt to her to be rejected by her people, the people that she was raised with and her parents, even um, her sister to some extent. And so she's like, well, I guess I'll go to college and do marketing or something. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> how shitty are these people who reject i mean other well yeah but you make a good point with this i just thought like this is so shitty of y'all to reject these people who you've raised and indoctrinated um because they have a, a monster king and it doesn't occur to any of them that it might be normal yeah and it kind of reflects real world because there are people out there who still think like 
homosexuality isn't normal. So I guess it's not a big leap, you know, for it to be, especially when they're all brainwashed to think that shades are, you know, these evil creatures. So they've all been brainwashed. Mm -hmm. But I don't understand either why they think that shades are so bad. It's not even, they're not killing humans. Mm -mm. They're just scaring them. Yeah. So I don't understand. Well, Ophelia talks about how, like, important having fear is. Like, it's fear is mm-hmm. a good motivator for some things, right? So yeah. she talks about how there has to be a balance. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't understand the conflict. Something must have happened. Yes. And when I, I want to know what it was. Yes. I think that this book is a good tease, right? Because Ophelia brings color back to the world of the shades, but we don't really understand what that means. We find out through part of their history that the hunters used to used to be called the hunted and they left this world because of the shades, maybe forcing themselves on them. And so maybe for some folks, it's normal for hunters to want to be with shades. But I, so she like lays a lot of found, like foundation for curiosity, I think, mm-hmm. in terms of understanding the full history of what happened with these people. She set it up for a lot of stuff to unfold in the next book. Yes. Yeah. And we have to wait until like May of next year. Yeah. That sucks. It's a long time. <laughs> um, the author is working on several other books, though, that I really want to read. So I guess I can wait. I guess. I guess I can struggle through. <laughs> um, I do appreciate and relate to Ophelia's enthusiasm kind of to try to fit in. So one point she goes... I'm going to make shade friends. I'm going to have great sex with my shade husband. I'm going to have a proper life here. I'm sure of it. And I just, I love that attitude. Like going into it, she's like, I'm going to make friends. I'm going to have a husband. Like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah. And she does make friends. She makes friends with the cook, Calix. Yes. And And Lavana, her guard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. They've got a little something something going on. They do. Hopefully mm-hmm. that will continue to unfold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she becomes endeared to like everybody. When she she talks about how when well, and they love her too because she brings color back. But I mean, she ha- has a good relationship with Alaric's mother, who is mm-hmm. notoriously crabby. And then when she decides like at near the end, when she thinks Ulrich is telling her like he doesn't want her anymore and she packs up her stuff and leaves, she walks out into the hallway and like all of the shades who are on the staff are in the hall with their head bowed and like reverence or honor for her. She did successful at fitting in. Mm-hmm. She is beloved. Yes. Which I think is really nice because, and also that's part of what makes that scene really hard. It sounds like she's someone who's been rejected a lot. And so she's probably, I mean, when you've been rejected by your own people because of who you are naturally, like just the way that you are, mm-hmm. that's hurt. That's hurtful. 
So I can see wanting to be accepted, wanting to be loved. Mm -hmm. And she finally gets that. Mm -hmm. So they have, when the shades come to Earth, they're incorporeal, right? So you can't touch them or anything like that. And so they mm -hmm. can't communicate when Ophelia, Soren, and um, Alric go up the first time. And <clears throat> that's where they bring up also because this is kind of another clue where there are things in um, the shade realm, I guess, that came from Earth, right? Mm -hmm. And the queen, or not the queen, sorry, his mother, right, alludes to it. She shows Ophelia a necklace that's pretty and it's got colors and stuff. So it's another sort of clue of there were definitely like people, solid people who came back and forth here. Mm -hmm. Poor Alaric. Like he just inherited this job maybe five years ago. And he's like, I just got to save all of my people. He's just trying to do the right thing. He participates in this treaty with the hunters, which is 100% them trying to control things. But he's like, if it'll keep people alive, I'll marry a stranger. Fine. And then dickheads like meridia come along and ruin everything ruin mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. yep there's always somebody mm -hmm. who wants to stir up the shit and this is why we can't have nice things yep and i don't understand what her goal really was because breaking the treaty is not good for them so i don't know why she thought that it would be a good idea yeah i don't know she let herself be manipulated by the hunters like i don't what what happens if they do they kill people like is there a risk of people being killed by the hunters scared to death maybe is that a thing i don't know i mean i guess maybe heart attacks right yeah, I don't, I feel like that's maybe a detail that's not fully fleshed out. Like, what happens if the hunter, because she doesn't, basically, she just doesn't want to be told what to, what to do. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want to be told that she can only eat in certain places and things mm -hmm. like that, which I, sucks, I guess, but like, you still get to eat. I don't know. Um. Yeah. Meridia sucks. I really thought she was going to try harder to kill Ophelia and she didn't, but maybe that's coming because now she's imprisoned, right? Right. She's in the pit, which is just like a giant ball of light. Oh yeah. That's uh, yeah. That's an interesting punishment. I guess cause they can't, um, the light is hurtful to them. Right. Mm -hmm. It made me think of vampires. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm curious about what the goal is from Meridia's perspective. I'm also curious about, so that the hunter's council has very specific plans for why they wanted the treaty to be broken. They wanted to have even tighter regulations for the shades and where they could feed. And they want to use them to scare prisoners basically. So forcing them to be part of like a punishment or something. And after they find out that, hunters and shades used to like live together 
Ophelia brings this up to the Hunter's Council after she's come back to Earth or whatever. And the Hunter's Council are like, you know, this isn't like a good thing. Like they used to force us to mate with them, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just, I don't, I'm very curious about like the history of these people. Something had to have shifted at some point. Mm -hmm. Like the Hunters rebelled and moved to Earth. Um, because it sounds like now we're having conversations about consent, maybe with hunters and shades mm -hmm. where that didn't take place before. Maybe. Yeah. So her sister Astrid, right? Mm -hmm. She's 100% the golden child. Can't do any wrong. Right. All of that. And I was surprised that she ended up not being a roadblock for Ophelia yeah um that she pretty quickly you know changed over to Ophelia's side right mm -hmm. with everything going on and even went like into the shade realm right yeah with with them despite being like the youngest person in line to be on the council or anything so I was happy about that with her character I was pleasantly surprised yes yes well we don't we don't know what's going on internally for Mastered, so she might have like some I don't know, internalized hatred for killing all of the shit because she it sounds like is attracted to Sora and they talked about how she's producing like a sweet smell around him, mm -hmm. which means she's attracted. So maybe she's like actually been attracted to them this whole time and it's just been like golden child doing what she thought was her duty, even though she didn't want to do it. I don't know. I feel like with her character, there's got to be some cognitive dissonance going on there. And maybe that's something that'll get explored in her book. Yeah. If that's where we're going with this. Yeah. I'm very interested to see. I feel like it's going to be very angsty if it's between her and Soren because um, Alric makes a remark about how Soren cannot be with her, that he would not do it. Mm -hmm. So. It's gonna. I think it's gonna be a really angsty book, which I'm, I feel like, like a Soren is just angsty anyway. <laughs> that's true. Any so yes. Um, we'll see. We'll see how it is. I hope it's not like too angsty. You know yeah. that whole like I can't, I can, but I can't sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I hope that doesn't take too long to resolve. But I'm looking forward to it because I'm mm -hmm. sure it will be. It will be good. Yeah. I think it's interesting that it seems to take them so long to figure out that Ophelia is not a skilled hunter. Mm -hmm. Damon yeah. gives her that hairpin that's a crow with a silver pin through its wings. And as she, so she's been there for a while. And as she's leaving, Afra, her lady's maid, is like, you know, this is like a silver pin that you've been wearing the whole time. She's like, what? <laughs> I know. I just, I, one of the other things I love about that. So Damon, right. He gives her that and um, Ulrich finds out about it. Why did, like, I haven't even given my wife gifts. You shouldn't be giving her them. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I just, I love that. Now, Dame, uh, I, I, I hope we get Damon's book soon. I hope so because, too. But also. Yeah. 
I love how Damon is like, um, maybe you should give your wife gifts. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. you should be nice to her. Maybe you should be careful with her. Maybe you should figure out why she's so sad all the time. Like, mm-hmm. again, Alric is just a little bit thick sometimes. <laughs> yeah, just a just a tad. Yeah, but Damon gets it. Damon gets it. And Alric is just, he's funny with with that too. So when they the hunters or the council come to be like oh you violated the treaty right um and Ophelia has this giant bite in her neck right Mm -hmm. Damon gives her a shadow veil and she comes out and he smirks at Ulrich or you know they have this exchange and then all of a sudden she has a cape too (laughs) yes that he gave her I love it. I love the idea of cape. Bring back capes. Yes, bring back capes and cloaks. Mm-hmm. And I love seeing Ophelia become stronger, right? So when they do have that confrontation with the council and she kind of goes off on them a bit before Ulrich leaves, um, I was like, yes, do it. Stand up for the shades. But then he says what does he say to her exactly he's like handle this how you see fit and yeah yeah and then that starts the whole i guess he wants me to go home yeah and he mentions he'd already been planning on crowning her and everything and he just didn't communicate any of that to her mm-hmm. yeah he he's got some work to do definitely get the vibe that Alric has never been in a relationship before right <laughs> Yeah. I mean, he's only, what, 30-something? Like, didn't he say he was, like, 30? Yeah, he's 30. He's yeah, 30. he's 30. And he's the king of monsters. Yeah, king of the shades, so. It was good to see Ophelia kind of come into her role mm-hmm. as queen with the, the Hunter's Council. Yes. And right. to fully embrace, you know, her position, position, but also, again, just embracing who she naturally is in front of the people who rejected her mm-hmm. and also that she creates space for the other people who had been rejected by the hunter's council i really like it i like it, it i don't know it's just really nice and then she's like you know what fuck you we're not gonna do fear anymore i'm taking mm-hmm. the fear and i'm leaving it in the shade world mm-hmm. good luck yep and yeah. she's like <laughs> i forget there's like this quiet, this like in mind to mind type of conversation that's happening in the room with the hunters council and all of the shades and the people who had been rejected by the hunters. And someone's like, um, is that a thing that like, can they supply? Can she, can we supply all the energy that we need just from sex magic? And she's like, I will, I will fuck my husband every <laughs> second of every day. If that's what it takes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Oh gosh, what a what, what a hor- sacrifice she is making for the people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was funny. She was like, "If I have to do it myself, I will." <laughs> okay. Do that. <laughs> oh, it's really interesting. So I guess to protect themselves, the hunters all sleep with their lights on. Yeah. 
That is terrible. Yes. There is no way that your brain is getting the rest that it needs. No. She's like, no wonder they're all so grumpy. They sleep with their lights on. Like, I'm tired. Right? That'd be terrible. It would be terrible. Oh, and so basically she takes all of the outcasts, right? And Astrid, who is now an outcast. Um, and they're like refugees in the shade realm is kind of how I see it. Mm-hmm. Um, like you can come here, find your shade mate. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Good incentive. Mm-hmm. So near the end, or at the end, I guess, really, um, he does her coronation. Right? Yeah. And he describes her crown. And it's so sweet because he puts like a it's a star at the very top and this is why he says my wife was my guiding star and i couldn't think of anything more appropriate to be the crowning jewel in her crown so sweet oh it is really precious yeah i love seeing him he doesn't understand how he's feeling um at some points so um i don't remember exactly what the scene was but he mentions that he has strange sensations in his chest and he almost wants to go to a healer but then he's worried that if he does they'll take the sensations away and those are feelings yeah feeling feelings (laughs) you like her you're falling in love (laughs) oh yeah it's so cute this book is really i mean there are parts of it that are super hot but it's also just like real cute and I feel like her like that Goldilocks series is the same way like there are parts of it that are just real cute Mm -hmm. and then we have a foursome Mm -hmm. and it's super hot I don't know wholesome smut I think that's what we're calling this wholesome smut yeah I really like um, her empath series. Like, it's so different. There's really detailed world building and everything in it. It was so good. I was shocked. Not shocked, but I was surprised because the first thing I had read from her were her go- um, the, was a Goldilocks book. So I thought she wrote kind of fluff, right? Mm-hmm. You know, happy, these happy books, wholesome smut. That's what I thought. Sure. And then I got to that series, the empath, and I was like, oh this is amazing she's so much more Mm -hmm. yeah she's got some diversity Mm -hmm. i'm really excited for the second one it'll be called superbia and it won't be out until next year but Mm -hmm. i think it's gonna be great oh yeah it'll definitely be great all righty um i think you have a quote listed here do you want to talk about it Yeah, so it's actually the quote that the author put at the beginning of the book, Mm -hmm. um, which is by somebody named Caitlin Scheel, I guess. And it's, when is a monster not a monster? Oh, when you love it. I just like that. Yeah, that's cute. Mm -hmm. Sums up monster romances perfectly. 100%. Just like a couple, two seconds. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Alrighty, well that wraps up Luxuria by Colette Rhodes.
uh, join us next week or next time we'll be discussing queen of ruin by kf green which will uh wrap up that ruin of ruin roses series yes excited for that mm -hmm. for sure thank you for listening to literary quest we hope you enjoyed our episode if you'd like to follow us on social media, we can be found at Literary Quest Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. You're also welcome to share your thoughts and ideas with us via email at literaryquestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again. Mm -hmm.